Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to On Texas Football. I don't even know what we're calling this show. I think we're going to call it the No Cap Recap. All right. Yeah. <laughs> With Lifetime Longhorns, Drew Kelson, of course, my main man, and I am Rod Babers. Uh, having a good time, of course, because everybody's in a good mood. First of all, how were, how were your holidays, brother? How was the holiday festivities for you and the fam? Man, it couldn't have been better for me. You know, we ended up hosting Thanksgiving, to be honest Uh-oh. with you. We hosted, but it's my side of the family, so it wasn't too crazy. Just like 16 people, six kids, nice Ooh, managed deal. Nice. Uh, so the girls went and played by themselves. It was, it was a perfect holiday. And then on waking up Friday, I was like, man, you know, I don't know if the fam is going to still want to drive out to Austin for the game. The girls <laughs> woke up ready to throw, they threw on their own, burn on oh. shirts. I was like, oh, okay, let, let, let's get rolling in before somebody changed <laughs> their mind. Uh, but now that, that was, it was, it was a good, I mean, it's been a good 48, 36, uh, yeah. hours. We, we, we've been rolling, man. This has been fun. From Thanksgiving to last night's game. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Okay, one question, though. How did y'all cook the yard bird? How did y'all cook the turkey? How was it cooked? We didn't do a fried turkey this year, Rod. I already know, I already okay. know you have a preference. We didn't do a fried <laughs> one this year. We didn't have the head count to, to, to justify it. Yes, that's true. If we would have done my wife's side of the family, got to go harder on, on the turkey. But we had for my side of the family, we have all the sides you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got your bird, you got your ham and everything else. But for me personally, it's the sides. And I always start with yeah. a bed of dressing. And then I'll just throw the, the yams in there. I'll throw some ham in, and I just mix it all in with my dressing. I just, I make my own dressing within the other sides. I throw some yeah. things in there. I just, but every plate I make starts with a bed of dressing. And then I just decide what I'm going to partner with it. So you basically just make a concoction. You know it's what I mean? Just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm getting a uh, yeah. Yes, it's 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 a Thanksgiving extravaganza. It's just everything. It's hey, all in one plate. <laughs> that's what's up. Well, hey, that's exactly what it felt like for the Longhorns putting an old Testament style butt whipping old Texas Tech man. Uh, it felt like an extravaganza. You were there. I'm so glad we got you because we did the post game uh, and last night and we weren't there. You were there. You were on the spot. Took your family. Tell us about the atmosphere, man. Because my wife, her and her family, she went and she said it was electric. It was crazy. It was wild. She said it was wired. It was like DKR on crack. So how, what were your thoughts about the uh, the atmosphere and uh, give us the lowdown? I mean, it couldn't have been a perfect setup. I mean, you come off, I mean, it's a Friday game. You know, what, what would we have been doing otherwise on Friday night after Thanksgiving, right? It's just, and everybody in that stadium, this is what they were here for. I mean, it was, so the stadium, the energy in the stadium was already, there was a buzz. Um and after those first few drives, you can kind of see like, OK, and, and our defense has done this for us a few times this year where you can kind of get a sense like we're going to be all right this game. Yeah. And as the game kept rolling on, it's just the, you knew from a game perspective as it went on, like we just felt like we were overwhelmed them. But the crowd and what they have done to the end game experience, I mean, between every play feels like a. A, a NBA game. I mean, between every play, they're playing a song. They playing. A, they're playing music. They're just keeping people entertained. That's yeah. a lot. The light show is lights out. Um, you know, the drone kids, show. The, the drone. The drone show was. Yeah. was I mean, uh, as the kids would say, magical. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's, it's a lot of cool features they fit fit into the game beyond that. And so when you add on the to just the the ways in which we scored, the ways in which we just ran through that game, the way we ran through that team, 
uh, we just overwhelmed them. And so the crowd was just, it was electric, man. Uh, I've never seen anybody, anything like it. There was no stress in the crowd. Uh, everybody was excited. Everybody was chilling. It was easy. It was easier to get beer, right? Like, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, everything was just easy yesterday. Right? Was easy, the bathroom yeah. line wasn't too crazy. You know, it was just like, you know, you want to go grab a beer? I'm like, my wife was like, man, you got back fast. I was like, hey, listen. Like I, it, it was just, it, it was fun, man. Uh, we, we enjoyed it. Is, is it possible that people were so entertained by the in-game experience they didn't want to miss anything? There were so many, you know, spectacular plays. They're like, no, I can't. Listen, I, I got to get my beard a, a certain time. I don't want to miss anything. You, you made a great point, though, about the in-game experience and the energy in the stadium. And I got to give CDC a lot of credit. I'll give him a ton of credit. Obviously, Sark and the team, they get most of the credit. Uh, but you talked about how they they always have something, right? Something to kind of infuse more energy, whether it's music or whether it's entertainment, the drone show, the light show. Um, and it felt like from that that experience, right? Even it was a, it was senior night, first of all, right? Mm-hmm. So there was emotion already in, in, in emotional crowd, and there was an emotional environment because of that. It was nighttime, so they could do all the extravagant light shows, all the really exotic elements to the in-game experience you brought up. And it seems like all of that fed off the, the energy of the crowd. And it seems like the players played with that same type of emotion and energy. That's why on all three phases, by the way, all three phases yeah. score, which is rare. You never really yeah. see that. How often you play a long time, Drew, how often did every phase score in a game for y'all? You don't see it. You, you just you just don't see it. You, yeah. you just don't. You don't get that many plays, right? And coming into this week, I didn't think we'd have enough plays to be able to do something like this. Meanwhile, we look up and it's a third quarter and we're like, there's a lot more game. It just <laughs> like, I'm sorry, fellas. Oh, oh I thought we were gonna burn arm on y'all to death, but no, nah, we're putting up tutties now in every way possible. Man, and that's a great point. So let's start there and then we'll work our way to offense and defense because we never give special teams love. We just don't do it. Uh we we should spe- give special teams more love. We don't. Was this have you seen a special teams game or experienced one yourself on the 40 acres that was more impressive than this special teams performance? I mean, you had a kickoff return for a touchdown. You blocked the punt. Bert Arbor went five of five. Your coverage was off the chain. I remember Trey, Trey, I don't think Trey Wisdom had like three tackles going down there. You had great coverage. I mean, honestly, the only thing that may have been off is the, uh, the punt coverage maybe in the punt game, but that was a spectacular uh, performance by the special teams all the way around. Oh, yeah. And first of all, Trey Wisner has been balling on special teams all season long. I've never. And it's funny because when you see a young guy, you're like, man, is he going to burn his shirt this year? You know, he's not going to get any touches on the field, you know. And so you see Leona LaFayette, like you see some guys on special teams like, okay, well, these guys, they're contributing. I remember being that freshman on special teams, not playing it down, but the pride you have running down and playing. So so big up to Trey, first and foremost, just the the, the effort he's played with and then for him to get in and actually touch the ball as a running back yesterday was awesome. But from a special teams perspective, we've been watching the games, right? Like you can see how well coached they are. You can see the the return set up. You can see the block set up. We've been seeing the potential all year. And so you just never know which game you're going to actually get the TD. You're going to actually yeah. get the Xavier Worthy TD a couple weeks ago after so many close calls. Keelan Robinson been back there just waiting, just waiting, yeah. just waiting, just, just. And then yesterday, it was a combination of great blocking, but then some just some some great running from him. He always runs hard. He always runs bigger than his size. And there was a time where I was like, man, he's about to get tackled here. 
he breaks through that tackle and then just puts on the Jets. Um, it's, it, it was impressive. It was impressive, man. Just b- big ups to special teams. Those guys work hard all year. And honestly, on special teams, it's either you, you, don't, you just want it to be a nice, clean play with no flags, and everybody's fine with that. But when you can find some touchdowns uh, and just some big returns, you can't beat that pump block. Uh, I mean, we just – we really lit it up yesterday. It was a good night for all things to come together. Yeah, they only had to punt twice. So, I, I I guess I was critical of Ryan Sanborn, but only punted twice. But he did have uh, that long punt of 47. So, even the punt coverage was really damn good. And the punts were really good. So, I don't know if there was any uh, down aspect of any of the special teams. Uh, so, I want to start off giving them a lot of love. And giving Jeff Banks a lot of love. The most consistent phase of Texas football since Sark has arrived has been special teams. Mm-hmm. It, Offense had an off year. Defense has had an off year. Special teams has not had an off year since uh, Jeff Banks got here. He is a hell of a coach. Got to give that man some more props. So, and the tight ends, by the way, he's also taking care of things with them because they're playing pretty well. All right, let's jump to offense. All right, we'll give the defense some props. Let's jump to the offensive side of the ball and talk about what they did. What I My, my favorite aspect of the offense, uh, and tell me if you agree, Drew, was the running game and how many different players contributed in the running game. I mean, it ain't no fun if your homies can't have none. Jaden Blue ended up with 121. Savion Red, 72. Trey Wisdom got 60. C.J. Baxter put in 45. Keelan Robinson got a touchdown on a 10-yard rush. I know it was a pass, but they considered it a rush. But it seems like everybody got in on it. And by the way, you lost your bell cow. You lost the MVP yeah. in the running back room, and yet the running back still balling like this? Who, man, who's responsible other than t- short Choice? we got to give him some props, but also the whole line. Yeah, give them some props, too. I mean, the the first, I mean, the roster management, the depth. I mean, so this is one of the things you always wonder when you recruit these kids, you're just wondering, like, are they going to see the bigger picture? Starting with Jaden Blue, really. Um, Some guys get really antsy. They feel like they should get carries. What what the coaches have done to just manage the egos and the fact that these guys are all bought in. Same thing on special teams, Rod. Special teams comes down to effort. I mean, it's the details of the game, but really, are you going to go hard on a routine play? And so when you can go hard on the routine, the mundane, that's awesome. And so the same thing at, at, from, from a running perspective, these guys came in ready to to, to catch to, to, to bust a play open. Jaden Blue, with that long run, I mean, that that's one of those things you knew he was capable of, but it's like, is he going to get the touches to be able to do it? So I was just excited for him uh, to be able to execute that. Yeah, you're right. Everybody, a the offensive line did their thing the entire game. Um, we just, we, we, you just don't see that. You don't see that. And we didn't do it at, after we were already blowing them out. We no. played guys early. We had to play them. Uh, so it, it wasn't like we waited till we were blowing them out. No, we had to play these guys. And they all stepped in and put meaningful points on the board and, and logged meaningful snaps for us. Yeah, it, it really was a, a showcase performance by that running back room. And I said, I'll give a ton of credit to Deshaun Choice. You know, at the Jay Brooks went down, I was a little paranoid about, you know, what what was going to be the identity of the running game. Then yeah. C.J. Baxter steps up, has a 100-yard game on the road versus Iowa State. And then C.J. Baxter doesn't even have to be the bell cow in this game. Jaden Blue steps up. And, you know, C.J. Baxter, I think, got a little dicked up. And that's another thing, too. Uh, I think you noticed this, too, Drew. A lot of guys got nicked up in this game. Hell, a lot yeah. of guys kept, you know, getting hit. I mean, X-Men went down like four or five times. Kept coming back out. Kept coming back out. 
What was up with that, though, Drew? I mean, is it just because he, he's like, man, my last game at DKR, y'all ain't keeping me off the field? Well, it was crazy because in the stadium, you're like, oh, man, X is down. And then he's back there returning the punt again. <laughs> and they're running him on a deep ball, just like, go. And you're like, and then he gets up, you know, kind of hop. I was like, he has to be cramping. And just as long as he has juice for the next play, he's like, I man. can go. Because yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Rod, it, it, I appreciate that guys aren't playing for the plays a year from now, next week. They were not, they were playing for the next play. And if a guy That's can real. go the next play, you yeah. go the next play. And as a receiver on this team, I mean, we don't rotate guys. We, we play, the expectation is if you that, if you are that guy, you're going to be getting the snaps. That's what's known. We just do not rotate a lot of guys. So X-Man knows, like, if I can go, I got to go. It's expected of me to go. I want to go. That competitiveness, especially in an environment where everybody would love to just tell certain players, take a playoff, take a day off, or think about your future. This dude was ready to eat. You, <laughs> you eat the most when you're on the field. You don't eat while yeah. you're on the sideline trying to protect yourself. You eat when you're on the field. No, man. Yeah, I mean, took that three three score lead, and he was hobbled out there, or limping around. They put him back there on pump return, like you said, chunking it deep. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I, I, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to come off the field. I started thinking to myself, no. like, it's Stark, why don't you take him off the field? And I'm thinking to myself, man, if Mac Brown tried to take me off the field senior night while we bobbed, nope. I'd be like, man, y'all need, y'all gotta take my helmet. Y'all better take my nope. helmet away. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cause a scene on the sideline? Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, if, so if I, I'm not injured, I let, I'm playing, coach. Yeah, so I honestly, it's crazy because I was at the time critical of Sark, but then I thought to myself as a player, I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna let a, I'm not gonna let a trainer or a coach take me off the field just because I have uh, I'm hurt a little bit, but I ain't injured. If I ain't injured, like you said, hey, I can go, I'm going. And I had that attitude several times in games, and I remember coach me like, "You okay, Babers? Think you can go?" I'm like, man, get out of my face, man. I'm, I, when I can't Listen. go, I ain't gonna go. All right, trust me. When I can't go, y'all go no. Until then, I'll rob you on the field. You can check my knee, check my ankle, all that stuff, but I'm going back out there. And, and yeah, exactly. And so and I feel you, you you can't coach guys to a standard of being tough and gritty, but then not allow them to go and be gritty and go be tough. Like you can't tell me to go go hard, coach, and then you're the one holding me back. So I Dang. appreciate they let these guys live it. If they yep. say it, no, they live point. it. No, you're right. Great point. Um, you brought up something when we were talking before the show about so we're talking about the offense, and we're talking about what a great game this was for all three phases. Um, but Sark is a play caller, I think, is also growing. I think he's growing and evolving as a coach. Uh, in that game, he wants you can tell he wants to close teams out with the running game. And he's done that the last two weeks. Did in the Iowa State game, did versus Texas Tech. Remember, that's how they beat Alabama. And I think Sark, that's what his that's what he wants the formula to be. He wants to be able to open up with the exotics, open up with the passing game, but he wants to be able to choke the life out of a team with the run. Basically, choke them into submission with the run game and to close out opponents. And that's what he's done lately. Um, his formula is starting to show itself, whether it be the formula on offense that he's using, um, the big humans wearing down opponents, uh, the depth you talked about. But even all three phases and how he is – he's talking about complementary football. It's one of his favorites of complementary football, complementary football. And he's talking about all phases playing with a, a, this, um, this synchronicity, where they're mm-hmm. always helping mm-hmm. each other. Right? Mm-hmm. It seems like this was that game. This was that game. And you talked about, we got to give Sark more credit for that. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Oh, definitely. So, so Sark, and we, we don't always sense it, and we don't always love the, the, the specific play calls he may have to execute this mentality and this game plan of just kind of pouring on people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Sark, as an offensive mind, we just assume he's going to lean heavily on offense. But he has not spent a single day as a coach where we have thought he didn't think special teams and defense were key to building this program. Yeah. So if the special teams is balling and defense is balling, I mean, it makes it easier for the offense. He understands. Sark understands when the tide and the momentum is turning. And he just took advantage of it. And I saw one time last night on that deep ball to Worthy, I was like, this is a deep ball down, you know, after turnover, you know how coach mm -hmm. came like deep ball down, deep ball down, yeah. <laughs> I was like this is a deep ball down. And there was one time last night, I was like, he, he took that deep shot, but then there were a couple opportunities. They took the deep shot to worthy and worthy. I yeah. left after worthy got up, he was limping a little bit. But then I noticed after that deep shot, Sark was like, all right, that was my one time to see if I could really just throw it to, 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 mm -hmm. to, to put him to sleep. I'm just going to run it on him now. And yeah. having these backs roll through and just pile on on top of it, when you get those chunk yards, it just gives you way more options. Like those first down chunk yards we could get or just some of those yards we were getting on the run game, the defense feels helpless. You, I was on the sideline. I could see what was going on on the Texas Tech side. Guys are sitting over there just like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on? And you know when it's good. And, and Tech had a few opportunities where they were – really like trying to hurry up and yeah. you know during those hurry ups you kind of see the sideline kind of inching down the way every time the chains move it's like man these chains are moving like you can kind of feel the momentum shift because mm -hmm. each sideline is moving as the chains are moving to see our team doing that while up that many points is just crazy because it's like all right we're just gonna methodically just tear you apart make you hopeless and the run game really really did that and i appreciate that sark has built the team that way tuition yeah. is not going to kill you with points but when we kill you it's going to be with special teams with defense and with run game late um i, I like the identity he's built no it's good because you, know, you brought the lincoln Riley example right a lot of the lincoln Riley, you know luster seems to be off uh seems to it seems his shine seems to be dimming a little bit just because he doesn't seem to be focused uh, on all three phases as much we know he's an offensive genius but does he have the you know the, as a coach does he have the vision to be able to uplift all three phases to a really high level and it seems like sark is he's he's dedicated to it he's committed to it this was a game that was the epitome of that that all three phases be playing at a high level and and, and going back to what you said about sark's evolution as a play caller i have noticed fewer frivolous deep shots right it was just chunking it downfield, especially on first down, putting teams behind the chains. He has he has tamed that part of his play-calling personality. You can tell. You've been watching enough Texas football. There are fewer and fewer of those random deep shots. I think it's trust, number one, in the running game. I think he's trust. I can't because now Jay, when Jay Brooks asserted himself and now we looked at what happened with C.J. Batch, I think now he trusts the running game more. 
and just take those shots downfield. And I think also something, the shots make sense now, right? The reason yeah. he took that shot in that Texas Tech game was because they were playing bump and run coverage on X-Man and they were playing man-to-man, no help over the top. And he said, I got to take this shot. I got you. You I got to take this shot. You I got to take this shot. It made sense. As you, as you point out, it didn't work. Sark said, okay, all right, let's go back to what's working in the running game. And it, it was it was a simple, it, pragmatic, all right, I think pragmatic solution for him that he went, he took that shot downfield, uh, but it didn't work. And then he came back to what was kind of the bread and butter of the offense. So he's becoming a more uh, reasonable play caller instead well, of being the guy that has to take that deep shot all the time. Well, we haven't been great on third down, Rod. So I think no. after a while, it's just like the, the value is staying ahead of the chains. Um, you can't take those shots and then be second and long or third and long. And we haven't been a great third down team. So you, you do what you know you can get yards on. And I feel like Sark is just like, where can we find some yards on first down? Where do we know we're going to get yards so I can find a play on second down? Yep. We stay out of third down as much as possible because it's just for whatever reason. And in this game, it, it wouldn't have mattered. But I feel like there's been a pivot from those shots that has allowed us to stay out of those third down situations a bit more than we probably would otherwise be in if we get behind the chains early. Yep, totally agree. And it seems like Sark, and how can he not accept the reality? You're in the, this is the last game of the season. He's finally accepted the reality that they're just bad in the red zone. Can't, for, for whatever reason, penalties, fumbles, whatever, guys making bad decisions, turnovers, they're just bad there. And now that Burt Arbin has earned his trust, taking them points. I'll just take yeah. it. And take it. even though for Sark, he considers that a loss, he's like, man, I kind of lost there. I, I should have got a touchdown in the red zone. I think he understands now that you can still have command of the game, though, by getting that three points. What happens when you go forward in the red zone, you don't get it. You infuse hope into your opponent, and then they get the momentum. They start to seize the momentum. You can always keep the momentum if you you know, decide that you're going right. to end up taking those points. And I think he's taking the points. So that's also him evolving as a play call, no question. Uh, and also – and I want to get to the defense here because I know we're we're getting close to the end of it. I'm going to get your thoughts about the way the defense performed. They held Baron Morton to 2.4 yards per attempt. When was the last time you saw a Texas pass defense that dominant to hold a team to 2.4 yards per attempt? Seems like Texas is going to always keep a keep an offense one-dimensional, whether they stop the run game or whether they take away the passing game. You're not going to be able to beat them with balance. No, I mean, that that's the thing is, no, you can't just waste downs running to the middle of our defense. So at the end of the day, it comes down to, well, what can we find some edges? And you can always throw a ball up against any DB at any team and just have some hope. And honestly, there were a few plays where we had guys blanketed coverage and Texas Tech's receivers like this one dude caught a one hand catch with 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 Manny Muhammad just just draped on him. So at the end of the day, our guys just had a different mentality yesterday. Um, and, and I hated to see Ryan Watts go down early in that game, but everybody else came in and stepped up ready to just play blanket coverage. Coverage, it, I just – to smother them like that, make them one-dimensional and take advantage of it. Um, gosh, it, the Baylor game felt a bit like that to me on the road where they just could do nothing. They could yeah. do nothing. But doing this at home – in this stage, on this stage, Friday night, nobody's watching anything else, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's only so many games that were on. 
everybody got to see Texas probably for one of the first times this season from a full game perspective. Those who hate us got to watch and, you know, change the channel and find something else. And those who love us got to just sit there and watch too. But people who hadn't seen Texas play this year got to see a full game from this team, probably at a time where, where, where we could use some, some more eyeballs taking a look at us. Uh, yeah, everybody, I think everyone on the defense had their their moments, their spectacular uh, plays. But the defensive backs, the young DBs, right? You got Terrence Brooks with an interception. Uh, Manny Muhammad had a great interception. Uh, he's a ball hawk. We've heard about him. Terrence Brooks, a technician. But they also play a lot more bump and run coverage. I'm sure you noticed that as well on both sides, boundary and field, playing more aggressively. I think PK was calling the game more aggressively. He was calling more blitzes on third down. Uh, what are your thoughts about the young DBs and how they played? Oh, I, I loved I love interceptions that are earned, like meaning mm -hmm. you made them happen. They were not gimmies. They weren't bad throws by the quarterback, bad decisions. These were, I'm taking the ball from this guy. I'm mirroring his, mind you, Robbie, I, I told you, I've seen all your DB cut-up film tape, uh, breaking down with the receiver and being right on them and blanking in that coverage. Yeah. Our guys were all over the receivers. They you were. put yourself in position to to get those picks when you're all over the receiver, and he he absolutely did that. I mean, those guys yeah. really did a really good job of that yesterday. Yeah, we expected the defensive line, defensive front to be dominant. They've been dominant all year long. You got the defensive player of the year in there, uh, Tavondre Sweat, and a guy that should have won it in Jalen Ford. Uh, but it, it seems like the DBs now are starting to find their form. All right, before we get out of here, I got one last question, and it's about Arch Manning, who finally had his debut. So I want to get your thoughts about Arch Manning and how he looked. I, he engineered a drive, engineered a, uh, a scoring drive, and I thought he looked in command of the offense, thought he looked like he was confident, thought he looked cool and calm under pressure. And actually had some of his best moments on money downs, right? Third down, fourth down. Uh, this is when we saw actually Arch Manning make some of his best plays. I think both of his completions were on third and fourth down. Uh, he had a, a scramble for another first down. What are your thoughts about your first uh, glimpse of Arch Manning uh, as, as quarterback in Texas? First, I'll say they brought Archie in at the perfect time, Rod. Everybody was ready to leave. Like, it was third quarter. It's like, you know what? We're going to watch this last light show and leave. You bring in Arch. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay to the end, to the final whistle and see how this looks. That's first and foremost. You want, you want to keep your fans there for four quarters. Put in Arch Manning. That'll keep the fans in the building. I love it. Um, but second, he, he was composed. He was composed. I think he matched the energy that, that the crowd had when he came in. Um, he just looks like a different different guy. And mind you, I've seen him practice. I've seen him play. I've seen him use his legs at practice. Um, he just he does add a different element that we won't be able to tap into until uh, he's fully baked. But uh, his composure, the way he played with players who – I mean, he probably plays with Casey Kane and Trey Wisner. Like, his – you can tell he just had command of that crew and just uh, the full belief of everybody around him. Uh, so uh, the kid's going to be fine. Uh, the kid's going to be good. <laughs> um, he had a little bit more zip on some of those balls. They could have probably had a little bit more touch. Uh, but, hey, when you're juiced up in a crowd of 100,000, literally giving you the biggest ovation of the night. Yeah. Um, I understand why he was a bit juiced. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, and everybody drew that he quieted the crowd when he got in. He's like, "Hey guys, calm it down." He's composed. He's composed. Exactly. Composed. Um, 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, Drew, I appreciate you, man, and I appreciate you joining us, giving us the uh, the inside scoop on your uh, your experience there at DKR for that Old Testament style butt whipping Texas put on Texas Tech, man. Thank you for the insight, as always. Man, enjoyed it, Rod. I'm telling you, uh, we got a big one in Arlington. Uh, this is a fun one, man. A fun way to finish out in the Big 12, but we got a little bit more work to do. But, uh, yeah, exciting, dude. Exciting. I know. It's weird to be able to watch uh, college football and feel this giddy about your team. We just had this bit of it's been, a, it's been a minute to be, to be thinking like, man, Texas can beat that team, beat that team, beat that team. You're it just, does feel good. Oh, man, just proud. It's it, it, it goes beyond the record, too, because it's just you're proud of the way that they show up, the energy they play with, the guys yeah. you don't. Jay Witt, man. Jay Witt got his touches yeah. yesterday. The spin. Yeah. I'm sorry to circle back. The spin move Jet Bush had on that sack. Come like, on now. Come on. I mean, your deep is an MVP. He's come like, on. Man. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Rod. Yeah, we can go I down mean, the roster. There's a lot to be proud of. There's a lot to yeah, be and, proud of. And I love the I love the response the sideline had to Jed Bush. You can tell, you can tell all the guys pulling for him. They watch him work. They they know how what kind of work he puts in, how committed he is. They were really happy for him, man. That was I mean, they have stuff. handshakes with Bert Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> they got their own handshakes hey. with Bert. Hey, Bert's balling. Bert's he balling. balling. Yes, the ballers man. get handshakes, man. Amen, brother. Amen to that. Uh, all right, Drew. Well, I appreciate you, man. Have a uh, great rest of the weekend. And uh, thanks to everybody out there. Thanks, you guys. I don't know. I think we're calling it the DB High No Cap Recap. So maybe you'll get another <laughs> one of these after the Big 12 title game. Everybody enjoy the rest of the day and hook them. Hook them.